Leadership Journey. My name is Holly Ferguson. And I'm John Barclay. So, John, you're someone who's around leaders 24-7. So I get the sense that you would know what the key characteristics are of leaders and how to identify them. How does that play into your process of identifying leaders? I mean, being around leaders, you do start to get a sense of what's most important and the people's skills is the most critical part. So when you think about what leadership is, it's about behaving in a way that others will want to follow or want to be engaged. So the people skills is critical and working with well-established leaders, they're still very technical in nature they've got their technical skills so they're always wanting to develop the people skills so that's why it's great to work with people in those roles but what's becoming very topical is helping them identify the next leader the next person that's going to come through and potentially replace them in their role and over the years I'm going to say over the years I think we've generally got that quite wrong you know we've generally focused on identifying very technical just subject matter expert people to fill in the role without the consideration of the people skills side of things. And why is that dangerous to just look at technical expertise rather than the communication side? It's mainly because once we start to step up in roles, we're now getting work done through others and therefore then the people skills become a lot more important than just the technical skill. So to be able to communicate and engage with people becomes way more important than just knowing the subject matter that you're in. When you can get both right, you're in an amazing place. But unfortunately, we still put way too much weight on the technical subject matter knowledge, not necessarily the people skills. Do you think it could work the other way around that um, someone who's an excellent people skills leader, but without the expertise in the particular area could do well? Or do you need both? Ideally, you want both because you want to be able to help and educate people around the job and help with the decision-making process from time to time. But I've seen the odd example where they've put someone in a role, in a team leader role, just due to the availability. And that person may not have been the most technical, competent person, but was just a great people person. And they found they really succeeded and did really, really well. And the team really enjoyed them. One example I use is I came across a health and safety manager who was leading a team, and their background, their qualifications had nothing to do with health and safety. They didn't even have a health and safety background. But the team would describe them as the best leader they've had, the best manager they've had, because this person knew how to strategize, knew how to engage people, knew how to get people focusing on what was most important, knew how to coach and develop them just in around their aspirations and, and, and what they're working on uh, as, as team members. For me, that was a bit of a realisation too, that that was a lot more important than, than we used to think. And then when you look at all the studies around at the moment, it is showing that the people skills is way more important than the technical skills, the further up in the organisation you go. Right. So you mentioned before that established leaders should be looking for emerging leaders. Why should they be doing that? Why is it important that they think about the next generation? Fundamentally, because we, <laughs> we need to take leave. As leaders, we need time off. Uh, we also probably have our own aspirational goals where we want to move into different roles and di- different layers of the organisation and we don't want to leave a vacuum. You know, we don't want to leave something behind that sets people up for failure. So for these established leaders, what's your recommendation to them when they're looking for the next generation? I think it starts with look for those highly engaged people, people who are highly motivated, highly engaged and 
there may be technicalities in that role that, that are performing really well. So in general sense, you want to be looking for the higher performers. You want to be looking for those that are self-driven, self-accountable and work really hard at being successful. And don't just forget about the people skills. How do they get along with their team? How do they communicate? Uh, how do they receive feedback? How do they identify opportunities for learning? Do they admit mistakes? You know, do they do the things that you want to see in leaders but at the team level? You know, when they're performing and behaving within the team, are they indicating or are they demonstrating some natural leadership traits? If they've been identified, what's the next step? What do you do to start developing them? Well, the first thing is to understand their aspirations, right? So do they even want to go down the path of leading teams and and being a leader? And obviously, if they don't want to be a leader, then trying to force them down that path, you're probably not going to get the best result anyway. But if they've never considered it, then help them understand what it means, help frame up exactly what a leader's role is and what being a leader's about and the purpose of a leader and, and just the, the value proposition that comes for individuals by being a leader. And, but then align that to their aspiration. If that's where they want to go, then at least you're aligned. You see they're capable, they've got the potential and that's where they want to go. So those are the main attributes you're looking for for someone to step into an emerging leader role. And if they're a bit hesitant, how would you go about that conversation of getting them on board or at least getting them to consider what leadership could be like? Yeah, so it would depend on what hesitancy is from. Is it self-doubt? If it's self-doubt, then do your job as a leader and show them their capabilities and their potential and dem- and show them how you see the potential in them and give them that confidence to step into that role. If it's just a lack of clarity, they don't know what really what leaders do you know they may see their boss from time to time but they don't necessarily understand what they do then show them educate them give them some understanding of what those roles are about so if the hesitancy comes from lack of confidence or lack of knowledge then you've got to fill that space and then see where they land if it's because they know what the role is they've been in the role before and they're not really keen to step back into that role seek to understand why do they have a bad experience do they have a difficult team right up front that made it really difficult for them in that role did they have a leader in the past that may not have supported them in their journey so I would just say seek to understand and we talk a lot about that as a leader anyway that Mm, we need to seek to understand so I would continue that fundamental piece to seek to understand why they're hesitant and a lot of people do actually have aspirations to be leaders if someone hasn't been approached by their leadership and they want to step into a leadership role how do you recommend going about that say if I wanted to move up into a leadership role but I haven't been approached by my manager as a potential leader it's just really important to be able to articulate to your leader where you see yourself and where you're trying to go and what you're trying to do most organizations have performance reviews set up where there should be a conversation about hey what are your development needs where where are you trying to go so my advice to anyone who has aspirations to be a leader be very clear on where you want to be in in a leadership role is it just frontline leadership is it middle management is it senior management have a think about where you want to be but probably the most important thing is think about why what is it that's drawing you there I'm going to be very honest and say if what's drawing you there is the money um, that's not a great motivational factor for someone to invest their time and energy in coaching and mentoring you to get into that role. If you want it because you see it as exciting, it's learning, it's a great way to, to lead teams and, and be a bigger part of the business, then your leader will naturally see the energy that they're able to invest in you. 
At Barclays, we work with organisations with the purpose of helping leaders become better leaders. It has long been part of our vision to expand our services to enable individuals to also develop their leadership skills. That's why we are so proud to announce the Barclays Academy. This is a learning platform with a range of short courses covering leadership and health and safety topics. Learn from our experienced Barclays consultants and grow your leadership capabilities. Click the link in the description and use the code JOURNEY on any of our courses for 10% off. Where do you think leadership starts, John? Is this right at childhood? Is this, you know, does it actually even have a start or is it whenever, wherever? Yeah, probably a really good conversation that's happening across the board really is is what is leadership and, you know, really leadership is behaviours, it's the way of doing things where people gravitate and follow and, and get commitment to that and or create followers or at least create other leaders and leadership isn't a position of authority. So anyone can be a leader, all right, and everyone is a leader in their own right. We all demonstrate elements of leadership behavior by the way we communicate by the way we share our ideas and the way we try and inspire someone to come and participate in something so it happens right from the word go it goes into the whole people interaction piece but I think throughout schooling they've found ways to try and raise the leadership piece through you know, the way you speak in class whether you're the head head girl head boy in school you know they, they've come up with ways to try and highlight people to see these little positions that you can gravitate to to lead through others, you know, even like the captain of a soccer team or or a football team or or a hockey team. So those sorts of roles start to establish people to see it is about communicating, it is about engaging people about a goal and moving people towards trying to achieve that goal. So, John, say if you were a a teacher or in a school, I know you do um, work with some emerging leaders in soccer, young soccer clubs, what are some things or exercises you run through with groups of or would run through with groups of young adults or children to help them start looking at leadership or understanding it? There's probably a couple of things. One is just engaging their perception of what they think leadership is. You want to start to get a sense of what people see leaders as. So I'd, I'd want to start there and have an open conversation about what is leadership to them without it being right or wrong don't get hung up on definitions don't get hung up on those sorts of things just let people sort of articulate what they perceive to be a leader and start to embrace that for them and start to get them to understand through a further development of that conversation around so what are the attributes that come from that and why would people want to be a leader and, and just get into those open conversations that's probably the first bit I'd do a bit of exploring of leadership with young people the next one would be just giving them micro opportunities to be leaders, like maybe communicating an expectation to the team, maybe running a short session, maybe getting up and speaking in front of the class or speaking up in front of the group, maybe giving them some small tasks to give certain peers feedback, getting the opportunity to actually articulate performance with up with others. So there's lots of little different things you can do around trying to get them to step into the common situations leaders find themselves in and it's predominantly about communication it's generally about setting goals and purpose and instructions but it's also about feedback and how do you actually have conversation about performance so just keep trying to find those micro opportunities to do that and see how they feel when they get that opportunity to do that. I remember going on a leadership camp when I was in high school and it was a lot of you know trust fall exercises and 
rock climbing and stuff and I'm not when I'm reflecting on it I don't see the connection to leadership do you as a leadership coach see any value in those sorts of activities or are they more for team building I'd probably say more team building I think the connection in that is you can see who naturally gravitates towards motivating the team. Where does a little bit of competition come out? So most of those team activities you'd be in teams and while it might not be timed, we're all competitive in nature, who's leading, who's coming first, who got that done and in that team activity you may get a sense of who naturally steps up and takes control who naturally steps up and tries to drive the team forward towards the goal and then I'd be looking at well how do they do that you know do they do that by just doing it for the team or do they do that by being really aspirational and motivational or do they become overly demanding and overly critical and actually bring the team down so you get a chance to see well what sort of leadership attributes show up in that situation so I can see the connection but I would gravitate to them being more team building than necessarily leadership building. And if we transfer that into the workplace, say a leader might have a few ideas of people, multiple people that could be the next generation of leaders or perhaps there's a pool of people they see as taking over their specific role. What do you think is a way for them to narrow down that pool? Is Would you even narrow it down or would you keep it open and allow all of them to enhance their leadership skills? I think at some point you want to narrow it down. Um, I think in the early stages keeping the options open because more often than not I've seen people get surprised by who's actually the better leader Mm. per se that you may already have in mind a standout person because they're technically great, they're a subject matter expert, they work really hard, you know, all the stuff we were talking about earlier but it's actually someone on, on the side that's a better communicator, gives better feedback, really listens well really gives a lot of energy to the team, starts to surprise you in that, that they're actually going to get more from the team than the other person is. And so that's why I mean, keep it open to start with, to really get a sense, but know what you're looking for. And I think that's probably the main bit leaders trying to identify other leaders miss. They don't keep their eyes open enough to the people side. They just look at the performance. They look at the technical aspect. They look at the KPIs and base their performance off that when actually you want to be looking at how are they listening, how are they communicating, what are they like with their team and stay open to that. Once you've identified that, you do need to start to become very focused because you need to know what the development plan looks like. You need to be able to give them opportunities to step into those business, um, wider business opportunities such as meetings, presentations, leadership activities like audits and inspections and those sorts of things as I said before with the team building one those micro opportunities you need to get them in there to actually do that and see how they perform they might get in there and that gives you a chance to give them the feedback they're going to need to be a leader say the time has come they are selecting someone to step into a new leadership position out of the pool of people that they've got how do they then help manage those who didn't get the role and help them not feel disillusioned and give them the hope that this is not the end of their leadership journey because if someone receives rejection it could feel like that's the end of it for them yeah the the first thing i'll say is give them the feedback they need to be given i think the biggest mistake is we avoid that and we don't give them the feedback and we appoint someone and we just say to someone sorry you weren't you weren't successful and we don't give them any feedback and i see that way too often so We need to give them feedback as sometimes that might be difficult to give. Uh, You need to give them the feedback. And it could be purely that technically and subject matter expert-wise that they were on par, that's why they were in consideration. 
And then be very clear about the leadership, the people skills bit that they need to be working on. Is it they need to learn to listen more? Is it that they need to learn to communicate differently? Is it that they need to learn to give feedback more effectively? Um, you know, do they need to learn presentation skills? Whatever that is, we need to be able to give them that feedback so they understand that the process was fair. That's probably the first thing is make sure they understand it's fair because that hits confidence. When they don't think it's fair, then they give up. So that's the first thing. Once they've given the feedback, then you get a chance to see whether they step in and start to learn and grow. And if they do, then they're definitely your next leader. If they don't take that on and they don't learn and grow, then you know you've probably made the right decision and they may not be leadership material. To wrap this conversation up, John, it sounds like there's actually a lot to, number one, identifying emerging leaders, nurturing them and bringing them through that entire process. Is there some sort of system or program that companies should be looking at implementing to help support their leaders find the emerging leaders? Really good question. And I think if you're a small organisation with just a couple of leaders, it's really on the leaders themselves to do what we've been talking about. But if you're a large organisation or a leader within a large organisation, you really do want the organisation to set up some pathways and some proper structures around the process. One, so it's fair, right? Because there's going to be lots of people wanting to be leaders. So you need a structure and a process and a criteria to work through. So Yes, organisations and their leaders should come together and define the process. How do we identify them? How do we select them? How do we then put them on a development pathway? We can probably speed that up a little bit by trying to do some training for them and send them off on certain professional development courses, um, either certified ones or just internal ones. So you can work out different ways of developing the leader's skills and capabilities but then deliberately going through the processes of what activities do we want them to start to participate in to get exposure to those leadership roles so yes organizations should really build that structure together to help the leaders know how to do that process consistently and fairly With that being said, we are at the end of this episode of The Leadership Journey. Thank you for listening. As always, you can find us on social media and all of our links to get there are in the description. This season of The Leadership Journey is recorded on Wajak Noongar Budja. We pay respect to this land's traditional owners past and present.